Welcome back, ghouls and goblins, to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I thought you were the Snoop Diggity Dog. You couldn't see, but Dan was, um, he had his big old headphones on, and he was really just kind of vibing. He was like, man, that was a very, like, Snoop Dogg move, just kind of sitting in the recording studio, like, hey, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can feel it from him. Cool, man. All right, so clearly there's more than one of us here. Two of us. <laughs> Shut up. There's more than two of us here. Um, so this is our first guest episode. Uh, so we're going to... So I think I mentioned a couple episodes back that we're going to do different types of episodes. We're going to have the bonus episodes that we'll kind of label as such. We have the franchise breakdowns. We have our, like, proper episodes. And we're going to have guest episodes, particularly when we talk about one, like, specific like movie or like in this case conceptual in this case several reimaginings of the same book that was made into a movie that was made into a miniseries that was made into a movie and another movie and another movie yeah and here we are so um <laughs> this is our first guest episode and we have my cousin Steph on with us hello and I don't know who I'm waving to <laughs> it's a it's a it's, it's an audio medium right. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to cut here <laughs> Um, so we're going to talk about It. There's so much to talk about with It. It? Okay. So, okay, if you've been living under a rock, <laughs> and that's okay. First of all, so, you've well, missed well, out on a lot of stuff. A lot welcome of stuff podcast. happens. Welcome so, to welcome to the podcast, firstly. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this is, like, a lot of people's, like, first episode. I feel like mm-hmm. It can bring, like, it's a lot of people's... People know about it, or they, oh, yeah. they've seen pictures, they've seen, you know, there's a lot of gifts out there, there's a lot of, you know, memes and stuff, and because it's, and we'll get to, like, its cultural significance later, um, but, so it, obviously, is based on a book by Stephen King, and if you don't know the name Stephen King, you're gonna get to know it. Again, most, okay, if you pick most of the, like, most famous horror things, he's had a hand in making, like, The Shining. It. it. Carrie. <laughs> I almost said Jaws. Jaws is Jaws not, is not Stephen King. Like Cujo, Pet Cemetery. Christine. Yeah, Christine. <laughs> He's written a lot of stuff. Um, Shawshank Un- Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. The Green Mile. Stand, stand by me. Misery. Look it up. He's written like He's dozens written of books. And almost all of them have been uh, made into some movie or TV show. Or currently are made into various miniseries like The Outsider, Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. He's everywhere. Like Stranger Things is essentially like a Stephen King book. Like it, it very much could be. Mm-hmm. It's very much in the ilk of Stephen King. Um, so Stephen King's it is probably his like I would say probably his most famous work. Yeah, um, either that or The Shining, probably. Yeah, I think in, just like The Shining, like in terms of its cultural significance, mm-hmm. um, especially the success, the success of all the movies that have been made about it, um, and just I think the difference, I guess, for the miniseries, it's it's kind of has its own cultural significance. These new movies have their own kind of significance, and the book has its own. So like, they're three mm-hmm. spheres, which is why this episode is going to be really long. And probably two episodes. It's probably going to be a two-parter. Yeah. yeah because so, there's a lot to talk about. Like the book, this is a thick episode. <laughs> it's going to be a big old, stupidly long, maybe longer than it needed to be, yeah. episode. 
about a book that was probably longer than it needed to be. I mean, the book is like 1,300 pages long. Jesus so Christ. I, that's, I'm actually glad that we... You put the two movies together, that's six hours of runtime. Like, if you're going to cram all that into one episode, one one-hour episode, like, I'd be impressed. Well, we're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's great, actually, because one of the reasons that um, we had Steph on is because she most recently read the book. Um, Danny, you read the book a long time ago. I read the book, I want to say, seven years ago. I've never mm. read it, and probably don't plan on doing it. <laughs> Just because I know there's, like, it's, we'll get into it, there's but it's, it's a lot of weird there's shit in there. Um, so, I think we could probably talk, get into a little bit about the book as we go on, in terms of mainly, like, differences or really close similarities or things that are mentioned or things that the writing crew of the movies are went... All right, so we can't do that. That's stupid. What can we do that's better or made for TV or made for like an audience that is going to pay to try to be scared and not sit there and go, what the hell are they? Turtle? Ritual of what? What is going on? <laughs> um, so I think we could start with a miniseries. Yeah, let's start with the 1990 miniseries. The book was originally released in... 1985, 1986. 1986, I believe. I was going to say 95 would have been after the miniseries. No, he said 85. The book takes place in 85 and was released in 86. And then we had the miniseries four years later in 1990, starring Tim Curry as Pennywise. So before we get gush about Tim Curry, uh, so this movie was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Who I think sounds like a victim in any Stephen King book. <laughs> like, you see the little Wallace boy went missing. You, you mean Tommy Lee? Tommy Lee Wallace, yeah. <laughs> um, so, he has kind of had his hands in a... So, we'll get it up top. We've said on the podcast before that we're going to be as positive as we can about everything. The miniseries is problematic. Um, for a number of reasons, but we are going to ignore most of those reasons and talk about what's good about it, because I think it is definitely worth a watch. Um, knowing Tommy Lee Wallace's other works, it kind of it makes, it makes me think, okay. So Tommy Lee Wallace also directed Season of the Witch, the which is Halloween, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which is historically kind of... It's the black sheep. It's the black sheep, because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. Um, we'll get to it when we do the franchise breakdown, but... In a few season weeks. of the Witch is, is Season of the Witch. He also made Fright Night 2, but he didn't know there was a Fright Night 2. I didn't know there was a Fright Night 1. What? <laughs> I knew there was a Fright Night. I didn't okay. know there was a Fright Night 2. Um, he also wrote the screenplay for the Amityville Horror 2. He likes sequels. Not like yeah. the remake, but like no, no, no. The so like to there the was horror. there was like four Amityville Horror movies originally. Yeah, at least that many. He wrote the second one. Um, also, at some point, you'd think that people would just like stop going to that house. Well, after that point, I mean, the we'll talk about Amityville Horror in one episode, but the real story was kind of already kind of bullshit, mm. and the book that they wrote about it was even more embellished, and then they made four movies about this already bullshit on bullshit <laughs> book. Um, so, biggest thing. Did you know he played the unmasked Michael Myers in Halloween? In the first one? Yeah. He's the guy that when Laurie pulls off the mask, he's Michael Myers. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, I already kind of knew that, like, Nick Castle was Michael Myers in most of the movie, and I knew that there was another guy that played mm-hmm. the unmasked. Yes, Tommy Lee Wallace, the guy that directed the miniseries of It. Oh, huh. <laughs> But that thing is so weird. Um, he's not even credited in that movie. Mm-hmm. He was, like, probably 20 years old. Like, they... Just a guy that was probably like some guy's like PS or like his personal assistant or like yeah. his PA 
and like, like Tommy, you want to like throw on movie? the mask? Like you're handsomer than Nick Castle. <laughs> Just <laughs> throw on the mask. Um, it's also written by Lawrence D. Cohen, who has has handed a lot of Stephen King stuff as the years went by. He wrote the original Carrie. Okay. And the remake of Carrie, like the most recent remake of the Carrie. The Claude Grace Moretz one? Yes. Okay. Um, Thank you, I couldn't remember who was in that one. Yeah. <laughs> he also wrote the miniseries of the Tommyknockers. Okay. I haven't even heard about that. I, I've heard but I know it, it's another it's but... another Stephen King adapted work, um, and me not hearing about it probably means it wasn't very good. Um, he also wrote the TV movie of South Pacific. The musical? Oh. <laughs> it came out like 2002. I, was like, I didn't know there was a TV movie. Yeah, I. Uh, he also wrote the... There was Apparently there was a Riverdale episode where they do carry the musical, and he wrote that episode. Oh, do you know? Because you sighed like you knew it. <laughs> so, Riverdale likes to do musical episodes. I figured. They've done Carrie and they've done Heathers. Oh, God. Oh, and, Lord. oh... They shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> well, he, so at least they had the blessing of the original, of the original screenplay because he wrote the episode, um, and he also wrote yeah. it. So yeah, cool. um, I don't have much in the turn in the way of starring, uh, with the exception of Seth Green. Yes, young Richie. Seth young Richie. Young Richie. Uh, Seth Green, creator of Robot Chicken. He's in Family Guy. He's Chris. Uh, he shows up all over the place. Like he's in, the, in Buffy. He's in Buffy. He's like in the weirdest places. He's in Holliston. Remember I told you he was in yeah. Holliston? Um, also, I have one of the people that I know is Annette O'Toole, who plays adult Beverly, was in Superman 3. She's a very famous... Oh, yeah, like she's she's, she's also uh, Clark Kent's mom in Smallville. Yes, yeah, she's Clark Kent's mom in Smallville, which I think is the reason why they brought her yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. She's also um, in 11-22-63, okay. another adapted uh, Stephen King thing, which rules like it, it's on hulu it's starring james franco it's not a horror piece it's like an alternative history and it's so good it kicks so much butt um we'll talk about that <laughs> um so I, it was filmed in british columbia which is fun because the remakes were also filmed in canada they were filmed mm-hmm. in toronto mm-hmm. um it was made for tv obviously so there was a lot of standards for what they could and couldn't put on yes. TV. Mm-hmm. So that led to... Because it was on primetime TV as well. It, it was an ABC primetime like, special. Like Back in the yeah. day, they put a lot of movies on... like Even like movies in the theaters. Like Poltergeist had a, a run on ABC for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the... like The whole concept of it was like, okay, you're going to make a Stephen King horror thing on TV... You can't make it super gory. Yeah. Like it needs to be for TV, which led to it being almost completely bloodless. Like there's not a lot of gore in it. Yeah. And I think most of the blood comes from popping balloons. Yeah. Yeah. The, bl- say the, scene the blood in the is bathroom yeah. Bathroom with Beverly. I think, oh yeah. I was be. gonna think of the library. <laughs> well, no, that too. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like the popping of the balloons. Mm-hmm. And so the blood, yeah. it ended up being ABC's biggest success of the entire year. Did it really? Like that it got 30 works. million viewers across both nights. And this is back in like 19... I mean, this isn't like a long, long time ago. This is 1990. This is 30 years it's ago. It's pretty it impressive. It's, yeah. Exactly. It was, yep. Did you watch it? <laughs> I, uh, no, I did not. <laughs> um, so, Considering the fact that I think it came out like two months before I was actually born. That sounds so. about right. <laughs> so there, there was a couple of like... 
because it was so commercially successful, um, it won a primetime Emmy, and it's not for what you think. It's for the score. In the first part. In the first it was part. In two parts. Yes, it was a two-part. Like, one night they showed, I think it was an hour and a half. Hour and the a half. The second half is like an hour 45. Yeah. Um, it won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Achievement in Music Composition, which is pretty impressive. Um, I would say that the music is definitely of its era. Oh, yes. <laughs> very much It sounded so. very, I, I said after-school special. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just been kind a, of. It's yeah. been a hot minute since I've watched the miniseries, but from what I can remember, yes. I guess for oh, yeah. people that that if that analogy is lost in you, it's like any time you watch like an older sitcom, and like they had that that moment where like the dad and the son sit down together and they're like, "Hey, man, you messed up, but you know what? I love you, pal." And like there's that like a swelling like like score. That's what That's most the of the music sounds like. Or like when the actor would come out after and it's like, if you or someone you know yeah. is suffering from drugs or, drug or alcohol. I know that we make a lot of jokes up in here on Saved by the Bell, but you know what's not funny? Pots. Like something like that. <laughs> um, so that's what most... Oh yeah, it's just like, it's all gonna be okay. Oh man. The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... The notes that we took for this movie, again, like because we're trying to do as much as we can of being positive, but we also are covering several different mediums. I want to try to focus on what each of the like movies does, like awesome that mm -hmm. none of the other things do. Yeah. It's so, like you mentioned Tim Curry. Mm -hmm. Oh man, <laughs> Tim Curry. Um, I think everybody knows him in some form or another. Well, he's been in so many things. He's Nigel Thornberry in the in the old Wild Thornberry. Can I tell you, yeah, I only recently found that out. It yeah, blew it blew my, my mind. mind. I was like, wait. Well, and he was Frankenfurter. Yeah, he was Frankenfurter. Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror Picture Show. Um, he's the Butler in Clue. Yes. I still haven't seen. Oh it. man, oh, Clue damn, rules, man. It's such a good. Movie. Um, he's Hexus <laughs> in, in, in Fergo. Yes. It's one of those like Don Bluth movies that came mm -hmm. out like kind of like Disney adjacent yeah. that like no one he's literally really like saw. a cloud yeah. of like toxic smog and he sings and it's amazing. <laughs> I think that was yeah. I think they cast him because they're like we need to make pollution sexy. <laughs> cast Tim Curry. <laughs> well, Wait a second. <laughs> and for him singing, he's also not many people probably know this movie, but there's a sequel to Beauty and the Beast called The Enchanted Christmas. Oh, he's fourteen. I was so that you would talk about Forza. He scared the crap. We watched that movie when I was maybe like seven. Oh my god, he scared me. It's we, on Disney Plus now. So please go watch it. It's so good. <laughs> um, it's so strange. Like just a brief aside about this crazy movie. So you know, like in the Beauty and the Beast, like everyone's like, man, I hate being like furniture and stuff. And then they like break the spell and whatnot. So this movie takes place like during the course of Beauty and the Beast, yeah, like while the Belle's winter. living in the castle. So like it's like Christmas time, and like they're all still objects. Oh, like man, Christmas hasn't been a thing in like years. Like this is so good. There's one thing that doesn't want to be a person again, and it's the I think he was like the castle like compositionist or like maestro or something yeah. like that. He's turned into a giant pipe organ, and he's like he's not about to. Yeah, he's like not about to change back into a person. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Tim Curry, and now he also plays a clown that eats children. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Even so, with the theme, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a very talented 
actor, and he's very good at being he's very, very much creepy. Like, like they're like Tim, we need you to do this, and he just does it. Like, yeah, he just goes full on and does it. Mm-hmm. I feel. Like, I, I couldn't find anything about his uh, involvement with the children that well, were in it. Um, during his scene with Georgie, which is probably one of the most iconic scenes mm-hmm. of the miniseries and the film. Um, after a take, the kid walked up to Tim and went, "You're scaring me." And Tim just went, "Well, yeah, it's That's my job. job. You're <laughs> supposed Suck to it be up. scared." <laughs> Which is, I, when we get to it, like, it's so different from but how Bill Scar Scar did everything. I can picture, like, Tim Curry saying it in his very pleasant, yeah. like, British accent. Like, well, no, I have to scare you. Exactly. I can't do it, Tim yeah. Curry. Uh, so, the, uh, so, Tim Curry, I think, is what really makes this so memorable. Because a lot of people's memories of it and, like, relationship with mm-hmm. it comes from Tim Curry as Pennywise. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, also, yeah, I guess, so, if you don't know what it's about... It's about um, a group of kids that live in Derry, Maine, um, who kind of realize that their town is being terrorized by, like, this, in it, like, this kind of weird, like, like being. demonic, shape-shifting entity. Yeah, it, it takes the form of what children are afraid of, and it, it kills them. Yeah. And its most favorite form is turning into a clown. And the clown in the miniseries of it is played by Tim Curry and is kind of... It's scary in a weird way. It's scary in a realistic way. Like, this could be just a guy in a clown suit. But yeah, well, so, like, I mean, and we, we'll go into it when we talk, I think, about Bill Skarsgård's yeah. Pennywise versus Tim Curry's. But, like, Tim Curry's Pennywise, like, visually is more, I think, like, appealing to children. Like, he looks mm-hmm. like a circus clown. He looks like yeah. Bozo like, the Clown. Yeah, in the book, they're yeah. described, he's described as looking like a cross between, like, Bozo and, like, Ronald McDonald. Yeah, so, like, like a yeah. safe, friendly looking You know, it's friendly like clowns that, like, clown. kids would see, like, on TV or, like, yeah. you know, in commercials and stuff. And it's like, oh, he's my friend, you know? And I think that is what makes him all the more terrifying because kids are more open to trust him. Like, oh, it's a clown. He's making balloons. Like, and I think it, it, be his friend. it's great that it kind of played on, like, the cultural... Um, like, in the 90s, there was, like, the big, like, stranger danger sort of mm-hmm. thing that, like, you know, in this case, it's not, like, someone who's going to take you from, away from your parents who's, like... Because, like, there will always be, like, you know, you'd be, like, oh, there's, if there's anyone that, like, tells you, like, oh, they got a dog that they want you to come see yeah. or whatever. They have candy don't, or whatever. Don't go with them. Yeah. That's how it gets kids. Like, oh, that's, yeah. like, it, it's, like, it literally, like, what you said about Georgie, like, it literally is, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, a whole circus down in the sewers. Mm-hmm. Like, just come on down. And it kills him. Like, it's, it's, it's just as, like, bleak and scary, but in a different way because the adults are not concerned. Yeah. It's the kids that are, like, okay, something's happening, and it's, it centers around this clown. Like, and no one cares. Like, no one is worried about these kids that are going missing, and we're just dropping like flies, and like if anyone's gonna do anything, it's gotta be us. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's a good time to talk about the kids in the in the movie. Absolutely. So the the losers club, as they're called, is a group of seven um, middle school children who are, are they've kind of become friends because they're all outcasts with each other, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's kind of in that unity that gives them strength over mm-hmm. this malevolent force. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm dancing around the book and, like, what it actually means to, like, be yeah. powerful. Yeah. And it's, like, it's more in, like, a realistic, like, it's, it, it likes to scare kids because when they're alone, they're reminded that it's, they can just, they're vulnerable. But, like, yeah. together mm-hmm. they have each other and they don't have to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Which is where Stephen King should have just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> 
won't um, get into that. We won't talk about yeah. that. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I talk about like there's a lot less gore. Um, I think the kids are because there's a lot less gore. It opened the door to have a lot more like character centric story. Because mm-hmm. um, it did a lot more scenes about them kind of just being kids and their relationship as adults works like it, it, you could feasibly see these like people that were friends 30 years ago that are they're just like in deep inside like they're still the same kids that they all grew up with which is really cool because the the remakes do that a lot but mm-hmm. i think that the miniseries really shines in the way that they kind of go back and forth between the past and them as adults yes yeah. so the way that it shot so Again, the story, it has these kids that, you know, they fight back against this, this entity. They believe to have killed it. And then about 30 years, 27, 27 years, years later. later, they're all adults and it comes back. And they had vowed that if it ever returns, they would all come back and finish what they started. Mm-hmm. So it it takes place as their kids in the 50s? In the 80s. Oh, yeah. Um, kids in, the the book, in the book and in the, the book. Yes. It's the 1958, I believe, and then, um, and then they come back 85. in 1985. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the, that's one of my big things that's for the miniseries over the movies is it actually takes the time frames yes. that the book had. Yes. Because it didn't really have many other options like we did yeah. 27 years I, later. I actually found it interesting because I don't know how you guys are, but like when I'm reading a book... Um, based on, like, a TV show, and I've seen, like, the TV show or the movie first. Like, when you read the book, like, that's what you picture in your head. Like, yeah. no matter, like, if they give descriptions, it's like, no, I'm thinking of this. Mm-hmm. So when I was reading the book recently, um, I was expecting to think of, like, the new movies, because that's what I've seen a lot more recently. But honestly, all I kept picturing were, like, the kids and the adults in this. And I think it's like what you said with the time frame, because, like, in the, in the miniseries, you know, it's the 50s and the 80s, whereas in the new movies... You know, the kids are in 1989 versus 20, what is it, 2016 or whatever. So, like, the dialogue that they had and, like, the way that things, like, were back then, like, it's very, like, the book dialogue very much matches, like, the miniseries dialogue. And I think it's because it's the dialogue, like, of the time, like, Mm -hmm. of the 50s versus the 80s. It also goes into a lot of, like, Stephen King writes a lot of period pieces, like, in the time that he was a kid, like, Mm -hmm. in the the 50s and in the 60s. Um, And I think that... Like, horror in the 50s and, like, elements of horror in the 50s are so much... It's a, a completely different flavor. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think of stuff like, um, uh, I guess, like, Carrie. Like, stuff that's all, like, there's, like, this very, like, Grease-like shine to it. It's like, a, yeah. it's like the high school from Grease, but, like, if one of their cars started killing people. It's, like, it's all, it's, like, set in this, like... Like idealistic version <laughs> of Christ <laughs> Lightning, just like Christ Lightning, just like cruising teeth and just like saving my cars, killing people. It's John Travolta impression. That's like John Travolta's in Carrie. That's right. I totally forgot he was in Carrie. No, he's not. He. Oh no, he is. I'm thinking yeah. of Christine because there's a guy that looks just like. Danny Zuko <laughs> in Christine, who's not. They, who's not they could have just got John Travolta. <laughs> oh my god. So, because they're kids and it's the 50s, what they're afraid of is a lot more um, static. It's a lot more of like. They're like scared of like movie monsters, like mummies and werewolves and whatnot. Um, so, like, 
it's easier to scare children, I think, in like the 50s because you could just be like, I'm a giant spider now, aren't you afraid? <laughs> like, yeah, you could literally just go like, rawr. Like, yeah. it could be something like this the shape shifting clown, I think, of the book into the miniseries is a lot more um, like static and like, okay, well, what are kids afraid of? Uh, ghosts, mummies, monsters, I'll just turn into those things. It's harder later on to be like, they're more afraid of like, their own identity, and it's like, you have to, like, play psychological games with children. Like, it's still scary, but it's not the same type of scary, which I think is reflective of why Pennywise is the same, is the way that he is, where he's just a clown, or he's a werewolf, or he's a mummy, or he, I don't remember what else he turns into in the miniseries. He turns into, like... He turns into a dog at one point. Does he? Oh, that's when yeah, they're breaking break Henry Bowers Henry out, out of... No, out so of, oh, that's right. That actually, I realize, that plays into the book because the orderly, um, I don't know if it's the orderly or the guard um, who's trying to stop him, is afraid of, like, Doberman Pinschers. So Pennywise in the book turns into that dog because it knows that guy He's is scared of, of that dog. Well, and it's so cool because it's almost like, mon- like, remember when Monsters University, when they'd have, like, a file on a child, they're like, okay, he's afraid of thunderstorms, he's afraid of the dark, like, use those things. And it's like Pennywise, like, graduated from the, like, Monsters <laughs> University, just like, all right, what scares people? Maybe uh, dogs, I'll do that. <laughs> I'd actually love that. <laughs> it was like an extended Let's lore. that, like, a side plot, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pennywise is a graduate of Monsters University. So, I think... Because one of the things I like a lot about Stephen King's characters, especially in, like, the 50s, like, stuff like Stand By Me, especially when they're kids, is, like, like Bill. Like, young Bill in the miniseries is, like, this kind of typical, like, old-school American, like, cool guy. Like, yeah. he likes baseball cards. Like, it's like the kids from the Sandlot. Yeah. Like, they're all kind of cool, but, like, they're not, like, popular. They don't, play like, really play, like, yeah. football. They're not, like, rich. They're just, like, cool people. Mm-hmm. But, like, back then, that's not what cool was. Like, it was, like, if you had money... And, you know, I, I, what, what made Henry Bowers cool? He was a psychopath? <laughs> he was a greaser. Yeah, so, like, if you were, like, a criminal, you were, like, ah, oh, dangerous. It's like, no, I just I want to just hang out with my friends and, like, play baseball or, like, explore the barrens or something like yeah, that. Rocks and... I mean, it's this kind of, like, old school sort of thing that, like, kids were just kind of left on their own. So it, it stands to reason that they would be a lot more easily preyed upon by this thing. And, like, only they would be the ones that would be like, no, we know what's going on because we're around. And uh, we got to do something about this, you guys. You guys. <laughs> like, it's newsies. Imagine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pennywise in, like, 1890. <laughs> I mean, he did, start, he did start his cycle, like, before that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that, that would be actually something interesting to explore, is, like, the previous... Yeah. I'd actually be super down for, like, the Babich times. <laughs> with, with, it's just, like, turning into... Dude, he could have even been the witch. Yeah. You could just fix every movie ever that takes place like in New England and be like, it's actually it's it. actually Pennywise. <laughs> it's Pennywise always. So we talked a little bit about the um, the blood that is in it. So the, there's very memorable scenes that I think the when they remade it, they wanted to make sure they hit those scenes, mm-hmm. especially because they're big scenes in the books also. So you've got like when it appears to them seminally as children, and when they come back to Derry as adults. Um, that's really, there's not a lot of Tim Curry in the miniseries, unless it's, like, these scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah. uh, when he shows up, like, there's the scene at the beginning, which is obviously very, um, now, of course, it's very, like, everyone kind of knows the deal. Like, the mm-hmm. little kid in the raincoat, 
talking to the guy in the, in the, in the sewer. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got um, the scene with uh, Eddie in the locker room. Uh, and he just kind of pulls open oh, the drain. Comes out of the drain. And he's just and he's like, hey. I was going to say, I, <laughs> they don't look good, but they kind of look like, for the time, they look pretty good. I mean, yeah. I mean they, like, the, granted, this is the 90s, so that, like, they're at this in-between point in what they can and can't do with, yeah. like, uh, special effects and, like, CGI. Um, but we'll get to that when we talk about the ending. But there's, um... There's a really good one of Tim Curry in. The, he's not. I don't think he's. No, he is. It's with Seth Green's character in the uh, in the the maintenance rooms. Uh, when he goes to yeah. the, he goes to the the kind of the janitor's closet. He's in the boiler room and he's. It's the first time he's like, "I'll teach you how to flow down here." <laughs> um. So like when he would show up on set, I looked it up. He was in great. Like he was in with the cast. Like he would just show up. Like he was. Tim Curry in a clown suit, and then he would turn it on and be Pennywise. Um, that scene where they're in the movie theater when they uh, get chased out by Henry Bowers and all the kids, um, it took a lot of like filming and like they had to do a lot of reshoots and stuff. So Tim Curry would just get up on the stage and like make the kids laugh, and they had no idea <laughs> like what he was supposed to, like because they're just background like they don't they don't know they haven't read the book they're like twelve years old, so like they're just like cool, a clown. I'm like, this is kind of fun. And then watch the movie later, like, oh no, it's that guy. <laughs> um, which I think is so cool, because they're just like, man, we got to kill time somehow. And then Tim just went up and was like, probably did the routine from the library. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which you have Prince Albert in a can. You, you do? do? Well, well, you better let the poor guy out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... When, um, really enjoy that scene. when, oh, yeah. when <laughs> Richie comes back as an adult, he passes by, or he goes to the library where, um, where Mike works, and he sees Pennywise, like, up on a balcony, just screaming, like, 80s comedy material at him, like, is your refrigerator running? Well, you better go catch it! And just, like, <laughs> swinging a noisemaker on him. There's yeah. all these people in the library that are just reading. <laughs> And he's like trying to talk to like the, the woman. He's like, I need to talk to Mike. And she's like screaming and she's like, what? Why are you screaming? Like, cause she doesn't hear any of this going on. <laughs> it's a lot more, it's fun cause like Pennywise has like, when they're kids, they're very scared. And when they're adults, he's just kind of like screwing with them. Oh yeah. Like he's just kind of like, bet you won't, bet you won't come at me. Like he's not like doing anything like overtly dangerous to them. Like he hasn't like yeah. almost killed them. He's just kind of poking at him. So, like, the danger is more in their memory of Pennywise. And I think that's why it's cool that they put them as kids and them as adults, like, scene by scene. Like, they do, mm -hmm. and they use flashbacks to, like, go and show, oh, man, I remember things now. They fade to, like, a scene where they're all kids, and they're like, ah, oh, that's what we saw Pennywise in a book. And we're like, we should go kill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, in terms of effects that are cool, the pipe folding in the end when they're in the deadlights when they when they see the deadlights in that pipe oh and yeah he comes and he takes belch and he and he just like them. folds in half oh yeah oh yeah super <laughs> creepy looking and i think yeah. that because you can definitely tell by looking at it that it's not the actual actor mm -hmm. but it looks real enough that they definitely spent a lot of time oh, yeah. making mm -hmm. that plaster like whatever it they looks believable <clears throat> absolutely um, do you have anything else to say about the miniseries? Well, I mean, like... Positive things. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Go 
come on! Well, no, like, we've covered a lot of the big things, because some of the big things for me is, like, the time frame, because it does... Stephen King, when he writes for the 50s, you can tell for his bullies it's from the <laughs> it's, 50s. Yeah. Well, and it's creepy because they're all, like, they look like creatures, but they're all, you know, but they're all, like, psychopaths. Like, I was looking mm-hmm. it up, they're like, yeah, um, like, Patrick Hofstetter, the guy that has a refrigerator full of animals he's killed, yeah. I'm like, holy sh- what? Yeah. They're yeah. like, yeah, and, you know, their, they're like, leader, Henry Bowers, who is gonna be a serial killer later. Like, they're all of Stephen King's actual villains, like... Kiefer Sutherland from Stand By Me is a murderer. Like, he's a scare. Like, he's not just like a bully. He's like, man, I'll kick your butt at recess. They're like, I'll kill your whole family. That's what I'll do. Like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, all Stephen King's <laughs> villains are legitimately, like, evil They're people. Legitimately frightening. It's like, yes. I'm a little bit more afraid of you than this clown. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the real terror is, man. That's the, the real terror was man. Oh, oh no! The real terror was the friends we made along the way. I thought the real I thought the real terror was that a turtle made the universe. Well, <laughs> the whole just idea it was just because he was sick. He had a bellyache. Oh, I think it was Stephen up. King. Like no, Stephen no, King was no, no. high. No, <laughs> Stephen King was sick and he fixed it with a lot of like cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do cocaine. You'll write weird, trippy books. That make the clown an interdimensional, like, light creature that's at war with a... A turtle that (laughs) threw up the universe because he had a stomach ache. And the only way you can beat it is by imagining that you can or something. I don't know. You're saying you never heard that story of the creation of the universe? I mean, not until I read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we talked a lot about the time period. I think the movie's worth it just for that. It's definitely worth it for for Tim Curry. Curry. Man, he rules in that movie. And he's not in it a lot, but when he is, I mean, generations of people, when they think of it, they think of Tim Curry. Yes. Well, yeah, it's a reason that this didn't get touched for another 27 years. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Irony? <laughs> yes. And also, no. I looked it up. <laughs> like, they've been trying to remake it since 2009. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, no, we, no, no. Like, they just kept passing, like, disagreement. Like, all that movie politics nonsense, which I'm going to avoid because it's not... Really, that interesting. Um, so, do you have anything specific? Like, you were young, you're older than us. So like, yeah. when you were a kid, that was your it. Yes. Like, I know that you guys, like, when you guys were kids, were yeah. super. Yeah. Because, like, into my that. first. So it's funny because I was thinking back to like my first, like, um, my first like encounter with like this movie was. Um, we were like kids. We went to we went to the blockbuster. Let me date myself with that. So oh, I, was, I remember blockbuster. Come on, we went to the We talked about landlines on our first episode. <laughs> we, we were old enough. But yeah, so um, my my parents took my sisters and I like every weekend, and I remember going and they had like the movies like laid out around, and it was like one that I just like I remember just the the cover of the miniseries. Was, look like, up the it's, like, look white, up the cover of this movie with like the red letters and like Pennywise like creeping in the corner and like Maybe. just I remember it like stuck with me and I think it was just the fact that the movie is just called it mm-hmm. like it's like there's nothing else you need to know about this movie it's just it's it mm-hmm. it's this thing like and it was a while before we watched it my sisters went through this horror phase and they rented it and they're like yeah it's not scary it's actually kind of funny. So, um, but personally, I think like what you were saying, like it, it very much like fits with the, the time frame of the book. I do also like that they filmed this all in one go. So they were able to cut between the kids and the adults mm-hmm. and kind of do that parallel, which I almost kind of wish the older, mo- I mean, they kind of did it in the second it, um, they, they did their best. They I think did, that, yeah. and again, just like 
with the remake. This one also, like, the things that make it good, make it really good. And make it super worth mm. it and let it, you know, kind of permeate for the rest of time. Mm. And the things that make it bad, people just kind of don't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think we should probably stay up top. The ending of the book is it's dumb. Bad. It's bonkers. Yeah. A lot of the book is kind of like... Which they met us so much uh, in the remake. <laughs> so, the ending of the miniseries obviously is dumb. Because the ending of the book is dumb. So I think it, it, when people give, I think, It Chapter 2 hate for like being weird about this or what about that... It does have its own things that it could have done, mm-hmm. but in the end, I think that the source material is such that, like... It makes it difficult to It find. is very tricky, because yes. there's a lot of stuff, and to do some without the other, there's a, like, you leave a vacuum of, mm-hmm. like, st- other stuff, but to then talk about everything, then you gotta say why, mm-hmm. and, wh- like, how, and then you're like, well, then we're just going into Stephen King's coke phase, and it's a lot of weird, <laughs> trippy, weird we're stuff. We're not gonna try to explain that. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like you said, like, it's, it was kind of good how it was. Like, a lot of Stephen King movies came out in the 90s. Yes. A lot of them were not very commercially viable. Yeah. So they kind of just let it, they kind of, like, let Stephen King be. Until the last five years, and I was like a new Stephen King renaissance, which I think is cool, because there's a lot of things that people couldn't touch, because at the time the effects weren't as good. Mm-hmm. I think that now there's a lot more focus on actors. Mm-hmm. Um, like, look at Mike Flanagan and how much we love him. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that man does rules. It's so good. And he wants to keep doing more Stephen King stuff, and I'm like, let's do it. Keep it up. And, um, I mean, we got, like, in the future there's going to be a James Wan directed The Stand movie oh, really? with Alexander Skarsgård as Ooh. Randall Flagg. Alright. Which I think is cool, because <laughs> They had Bill Skarsgård as, as Pennywise in the in it. Keep it in the family. Yeah, and then we'll have Stellan Skarsgård as uh, the guy from Graveyard Shift or something. I don't know. Um, I hope they don't remake Graveyard Shift. It was really bad. <laughs> so, to move on to the remake. So, like I said, for almost 27 years, it kind of stayed as is. Um, which is sort of true. But they had been in development to make an It remake since 2009. They went through three different screenwriters, two different directors, all of them, the studio and them didn't get along. And while at first I thought, oh, it's probably because it was, you know, they had compromised visions, like how the crow always kind of gets start to remade and then not. Um, New Line Cinema didn't want to spend like a lot of money on this. Mm-hmm. I think because they're like, Stephen King stuffs don't make a lot of money. We don't want to want to touch it. Uh, and then this became the fifth most R, like highest grossing R-rated movie of oh all time. Gosh. It beat Logan. Yeah, <laughs> like, it did really. It's, it's like it goes like this. It's between The Matrix Reloaded above it and Logan below it. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. This movie had a budget of only thirty-five million dollars, wow. and the worldwide gross was a little over seven hundred and one million dollars. Well, and I was also reading, like, when you were talking about like this is what started like that new renaissance. Of I think so. Yeah, because with how popular this was, they're like. Oh, well, now, because then, like, Pet Cemetery came out, and, um, what was the other one that just recently came out? Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep, <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah, like, a lot of, like, Netflix stuff, like, 1922 and The Tall Grass. There's a lot of different, like, 112263. Yeah. A lot of different stuff kind of gets touched that Stephen King has influenced or wrote, mm-hmm. and someone's kind of doing their own thing with it. Mm-hmm. But to make a, 
as best you can book to screen adaptation of a Stephen King book is very difficult. Especially one that's as dense like, as this one. And as yeah. and has the renown of the miniseries. Yes. So like going into this movie, all they needed to say was we're gonna remake it, and it was popular. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's people that are like, Tim Curry's the best. Pennywise, it's it's the same thing that every time they make a new superhero movie, they're like, Well, no what this Batman choice is bad, or this Joker choice is bad, or this or that. Every single time anyone does anything that anyone ever yes. did, it's bad. Yes. Until it Until rules. it's not. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's fun because there's a number of people, both attached to this, the remakes and not, that equate Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise to Heath Ledger's Joker. Yes. And I think that the parallels are that you're coming off of a very classically done version of the character by a very well-renowned actor that generations of people grew up with their version of the character. And then, like I always say with remakes, they wanted to make it scary and relevant to now. Yes. So back then, the Stranger Danger was the more sinister thing. And now, a monster that you can't possibly understand or stop that takes delight in scaring and killing you. Mm -hmm. And Bill Skarsgård, they're like, who the hell's that? Is that Alexander Skarsgård? I'm like, yes. But watch him just tear this project a new one. Like, he had the weird eye things, he's got the weird lip things, he's weird that voice. voice. Everything that he does. The smile. Penny the Pennywise's like little like smile like is just something he can do. Like his weird lip thing yeah, that he can he do. Can, like, he can like make his mouth like that's just something he can do. And it's cool and listening like, to cool. him. Like he <laughs> desperately wanted to be in this movie. To the point like he showed up to like even a screen test. Audition with like with makeup on. Because yep. he's like, I, I did this myself. Like, I wanted to, like, this is the look I'm kind of going for. And they're like, they took notice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool. I don't think, I haven't, I definitely didn't hear about this, but um, other people that the studio had in mind, um, Mark, Mark Rylance, who I'm not familiar with, Ben Mendelsohn, oh. uh, from Captain Marvel, from The Dark Knight Rises, Rogue One, and The Outsider, mm -hmm. uh, Kirk Acevedo, who's from uh, Band of Brothers. Okay. Hugo Weaving. Oh. Would have scared the hell out of me. That would have been <laughs> he would have been yeah, Hugo Weaving, the voice of Megatron. He was in Lord of the Rings. He was in he was Agent Smith in The Matrix. Um and Tilda Swinton was looked at for really? it. Which would have been, been very, very interesting. Different. That would have been cool. Also very scary. Yes. <laughs> Tilda Swinton is the ancient one in Doctor Strange. She's the White Witch in the Chronicles of Narnia. She's in uh, the Amazon Prime remake of Suspiria. Oh, we'll right. talk about that at some point. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> Maybe we will. We will. Um, I think that'll be like our bonus episode like for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's... I think it's because like they knew what they were up against. So like oh, we yeah. have a we have Tim Curry's performance. We need to make it different. And we need to make it just as good but in different ways. And you and I were talking about this before we started either movie that the differences between the Pennywises from back in the day and now. We kind of touched like one of them is sinister creepy and the other one is very Monster, like yes. it's an animal wearing like, human skin, and it, yes. it, it, you can tell in the way, like they go into that. It's because it's created from the imagination of children. It's very childlike. I think that they're missing the whole point of that. It's an animal mm -hmm. and eats, behaves, and looks like an animal when it moves and does anything. So, like it's like even when it turns into like it has to turn into a monster to eat. Mm -hmm. Like it has to revert to its form. So mm -hmm. while 
Tim Curry was more of a man, kind of like a vampire, where like he looks like a person, but he also has monstrous like tendencies. Mm-hmm. The Bill Skarsgård one is like an animal, or like some kind of like a lion or anything that enjoys hunting, and how it hunts is being open to children. So the second, and it does it with Georgie in the first movie. It does it with that little girl with the birthmark in the second movie. Is it behaves like a like a child mm-hmm. until the second before it realizes that you it's got you, and then it completely turns yes. into an animal. Like oh, yeah. he starts laughing with Georgie, and then starts growling, and growling, oh, and, yeah. and its eyes change. And that's when Georgie's like, "Okay, I'm gonna just." Like, yeah, and then it flips and back. Yes. Like, oh, well, and, and the same thing. Like, but wait, yeah. but you want your because and and I think and I talking to that too, like um, like he knows exactly how to reel him in. He's like. Well, you want your boat, right? He's like, Bill's gonna kill you if you don't bring it back. And like, I'm getting chills. It's fucking scary. And you know, Georgie, a six-year-old child who like worships his big brother and doesn't want to make him upset, is like, well, he's right. Like, I need to bring the boat back, or Bill's gonna be mad at me, and I don't want Bill to be mad at me. So, like, definitely goes into this thing is smarter than Tim Curry because it uses, it's like psychologically attacking these children. Yes. Oh yeah. Like it, not only is it doing like the stranger danger thing, like, well, I know kids like puppies and here I got puppies. Like, it's like, well, you wouldn't want your brother to think that, you know, mm-hmm. you lost something. Like it gets into their minds. And even oh, yeah. when they're adults, it's like, I, it's like, uh, it knows what scares them. Mm-hmm. And then it uses that to like further just twist the knife. Like, it knows that Eddie's afraid of illness. So he uses that to, like, drive a wedge between him and his mother. So it can further isolate him mm-hmm. and from him and his friends, like, from everybody, mm-hmm. so that it can kill him. It's mean. It's really mean it's in this so one. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and I even, like, going back to that, that opening scene, um, you know, it knows, like, how to work, like, in Jordy's mind, where Jordy's like, well, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. And he's like... Oh, okay, well, I'm Pennywise, and you know you're George. Now we're not strangers. Now we're not strangers, and like to me, it like, immediately again, disarms him. Yeah, too. well, and I, it made me think because you know he's a small kid, so I'm like, you know, to him it was probably no different than like his parents have a friend come over, and he, you know he doesn't know this person; yes. they're a stranger. But then they're like, oh, Georgie, this is our friend so and so, and he's like, okay, well now he's not a stranger anymore. Yeah. So it's that same kind of well, I'm Pennywise, and you're George. And it's that oh, devious, okay. like underhanded, where he's like. You're out here, he's like, I bet you have a lot of friends. Like, tell mm-hmm. me where they are so I can also eat mm-hmm. them. He's like, well, I have a brother. He's my best friend. He's like, oh, he's well, like, tell oh, me where he's at. And I can go. It's so creepy. Because, again, it's an animal. And an animal's function is to eat and survive. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, the way that it hunts, instead of, like, stalking in the grass for, like, an antelope, it reels in children into, like, its web of how many children can I eat before I have to go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I think that... It's the way that we, they kind of do it in terms of how it turns into things that it's afraid of is it doesn't just turn into monsters and scare Like, it does that, but it doesn't just do that. Like, it turns into Beverly's dad and talks to her the way her dad does because yes. know, he knows that she's afraid of her father. Yes. And he, like, uses that to get to her. He turns into Georgie after he kills Georgie to get to Bill because he knows that Bill's guilt gets to him. Mm-hmm. So it's just like... It wants them to be, like, sad and angry at themselves and afraid because then it's like they won't want to fight back. They'll mm-hmm. just give in to me. Which is, I think, a di- like, like we said, the different type of sinister. Mm-hmm. It's the sinister nature of, like, a Stephen King film that is truly evil. 
that I think is is the reason that it also is so scary. Oh yeah. It also just him as Pennywise looks freaking creepy. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I looked it up. They went off of his like clown suit. Is off of, like Elizabethan like wardrobes because mm-hmm. like it's from a different time. Mm-hmm. And, like, when it turned into a clown the first time, like, clowns looked like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, I don't care. Like, again, it's an animal. It's like, clowns, look like this. That's how I'm going to look when I do this. So it's, it's like, it kind of cements the, like, it's been doing this for centuries. Mm-hmm. And will continue to do it until it if, it, if it can die, it will continue to do it until the sun explodes. Yeah. Like, it will just never stop hurting people. Because it doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 2017 remake of it, yeah. <laughs> we start talking about. Um, it was directed by Andy Muschietti, uh, who directed Mama, and is going to be directing the new Flash movie, which is doing the Flashpoint saga, bringing back Michael Keaton's Batman. Very cool. Is he really? Yeah, Michael Keaton's back as Batman. Wow. Ben Affleck is back for Batman for this movie. Is it Ezra Miller as the Flash? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Um, it's also produced by his sister Barbara, so they yes. had kept it in the family. Um, they also did Mama together with mm-hmm. uh, Jessica, Jessica Chastain from Chapter Two. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written by both by all Chase Palmer, Carrie Fukugata, who was one of the uh, directors of the movie originally, and mm-hmm. Gary Dauberman, who wrote like all the Conjuring movies, like yeah. all the animal movies. So he is very well versed in like if you have a problem with jump scares, this movie is full of them. Because it's written by the guy that, like, popularized modern jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't... I think that it's... Like, I even talked to, like, my mom. Like, you would really like this movie. It's a great movie. But it's terrifying. Like, mm-hmm. uh, marketing this movie is very hard because it is a very scary movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it it does hit on all the marks. Like, it's not even just, like, if you're afraid of jump scares, that will get to you. Like, there are scenes in the movie that still get to me. Oh, yeah. Like, it gives me severe chills when I see that, like, I, headless kid. Can I tell you, um, with my recent rewatch of part one, there's a scene. It's when, um, it's the first time it appears to Ben when he's in the library. That's mine. Yes. That's mine, too. Where, when he's sitting and he he's looking through the book of History of Dairy and he finds the page about the Easter egg hunt. And there's a, there's a caravan with the picture of the clown on it. And it cuts back to this wide shot. And in the background, there's an old woman standing there. Yeah, as you look like you know staring. what I'm saying. Yeah, and she just, and like as he gets to that point, she just turns around and just stares That's just closer at him in that last one. With this like one. smile on her face. And sh- stuff like that. Yeah. Like, because Spooky. it's things like that where it's, it's like, underhanded it's like to, him, to him, he has no idea that's happening. So it's like, it could very easily be like, that. it makes you think when you're like sitting and you're like, Somebody could be staring at me right now, and I have no idea. Well, yeah, it, like because it does that, the jump scare yeah, stuff. It no. does the underhanded versions of it. It does the like, like just environmental stuff. Like, I'll talk about the music in a second, but like everything about this movie is designed to make you uncomfortable. Yes, and it does it. When I think that, like, even if it does scare you, it's worth the watch just because they're so good at it. Oh, yeah. Like, cinematography's great. The editing was awesome. The cast is the great. The cast can, is amazing. Can we talk we'll about, talk about it in a second. We need to talk yeah. about um, the kids in this movie. I was going to say, so, like, I, yeah. the score is by Benjamin Wallfish. Can we do what we did last time where we put in a section of... Oh, okay. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> this one, I think it's called, like, Come Join the Clowns. It's when um, the leper is attacking Eddie, and it's just, like... Weird, like, bassy, like, noises. And then there's, like, children chanting in the background. Like, whenever, like, Pennywise shows up, there's usually children, like, singing in the background. 
but they all sound afraid. Because like it's supposed to be, the implication is it's supposed to be all the missing kids. Yes, is which is yes. so creepy because, like, the environments, even before, like, it gets started, is it's like the, the town is beset by all of these missing children. Like, there are so many of them. And it, graphically so. Like, there is a lot of dead kids in these movies. Oh, yeah. Um, Pieces of dead kids. Again, because I think that goes back to, like, it's an animal. Like, yep. it eats like a crocodile. Like, it just yep. eats, mm-hmm. tears off arms, yep. and it's very well, the gross. The very first thing it does is it rips Georgie's arm off. And you'd mm-hmm. see that happen. And, and, and then it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, it's... Oh, God. So, it, it, you found it? Yeah. Okay, so this is um, Benjamin Wallfish's score. Oh, this kind of big cat looks much. So, keeping with how scary it is, clearly, um, I couldn't find a lot of stuff about, like, cinematography and all that. They basically all were just like, yeah, we're here to make a scary movie. We're gonna do it. And I'm like, alright, man, cool. Uh, so casting. For part one, <laughs> everybody... Everybody in this movie... So, we already talked about Bill Skarsgård. Was great. Is Pennywise, and he kicks so much butt, he's amazing. Um, but the kids. The Losers Club themselves. Oh my god. Just their connections with each other. Do you have all of their names? Because um, I want to have all their names can. out. I got it. So, perfect. Okay, so. Um, go, go ahead. Oh, we're just going to go down the <laughs> list. Go, go down so, the list. Um, we got Jaden Martell as Bill Dunbrough, who also, I've seen popping up a lot. Now. He's been in Knives Out. He's yeah. in that that Chris Evans Apple TV thing. The, the Defending, Defending Jacob. Defending Jacob, yes. Um, Jeremy Ray Taylor as Ben. With. He showed He's up in Goosebumps 2! Yes! Yes, man! Sophia Lillis, who's Beverly, who was recently in that Netflix show, what is it, I'm Not Okay With This? I'm Not Okay With This. Um, also mm. with Wyatt Olaf, who plays Stan. That's right, yes. Um, who I believe his name is Stan in that, in that it show is. as well. It is. He's I, also in Guardians of the, of the Galaxy. Yes, uh, he's Baby Star-Lord. Yeah, young Star-Lord. Baby Star-Lord. That's right. <laughs> Um, we've got Finn Wolfhard, who everybody probably knows. Stranger Things. things. And he's, he's all over the place. Ghostbusters Afterlife, whenever that comes out. <laughs> Which was great, because, like, this came out the like the month before Stranger Things Season 2 came out. So, like, Finn Wolfhard was, like, on top of the world. He oh, was, yeah. like, the kid you need for the 80s remakes. Yeah. That was Until a year was. later when he got really tall. Now he's, like, drops. yeah, now suddenly he's 15 and he's, like, 8 feet tall. I, he looks yeah. so much older now. Like, like, all right, yes. cool. Uh, we have Chosen Jacobs, who was Mike. Man. And he was the oldest He's one. He's the oldest decided. of the Losers Club what in this re- movie. Oh, that's right. You did say that. Yeah. Yeah, he was 16 during filming. Um, and then Jack Dylan Grazer as Eddie, who, like, I love this kid. I'm the kid sorry. also <laughs> was in Shazam. He was in yeah. Shazam. And I want him to be in more stuff, because this I, kid rules. I loved this kid so much. Like, he was He's great. got, like, such, like, a manic, like, OCD tone of voice. Like, the yes. way that he talks. And this and kid his is... little screams. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> and there's a scene... With him, so the first time that any, so I think we should preface, Bill Skarsgård was separated from all the children yeah, un- when they made this movie. Unlike in the miniseries where yeah. Tim Curry was able to just hang out with the rest of the cast, they kept Bill Skarsgård away from the cast until they filmed one of the frightening yeah. scenes. And the first scene that they filmed is when the kids go into the house on Neibolt Street to, For the first just time. to go like see what's up, which we'll talk about, the whole scene's awesome. Um, Eddie's the first one that sees Pennywise, like, when they're all together. And he kind of, like, unfurls himself out of a refrigerator and then slowly starts pacing towards him. 
Time to flow. And the, Eddie is screaming bloody murder. He, he just broke his arm. He just broke he his fell arm. through the floor. And this thing is toying with him. And it like gets up on his face and it's like taunting it's him. It's like it's pretending to eat him. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to eat you. And this, that's the, so that's the first time that this kid saw Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. So Bill's like, oh man, I'm scaring the hell out of this kid. Yeah, Doing he's sort of, screaming and he's crying. They and called like, cut. And the kid's like, man, I love what you're doing with the character. It's really awesome. And Bill's like, I thought I was scaring you. <laughs> and I was like, hold on a second. So, like, all Bill Skarsgård has to say about these kids is, like, they are the most professional, yes. like, actors. Like, I've worked with, like, adult actors. And these kids are, like, just as professional. Yes. If oh, not yeah. more so. So I can only imagine, what, like, what Zachary Levi has to say about this kid when he oh, made Shazam. Yeah. So, yeah, this... Oh. And they are all... Like, they played them in so, like, such a way, like, you know at least two of these kids. Oh, like, yes. when you were a kid. Like, all these they kids They talk are... to each other like real friends yeah. do. And, and, and they also talk each about other. each other. They also talk to each other, like, in that very late 80s, early 90s way where, like, they're all cursing at each other. And they're all, like, roasting I, each I other. I actually just read that most of Richie and Eddie's banter was completely out. It, was, I just, was, it was just Jack and Finn just going at it. And, like... <laughs> so good. Which, and it was this just, which I think my, is what made it. Longer than my wang. Still stopping very long list. <laughs> like, so like Richie, because he's the comedian. Like he grows up to be a comedian. Yeah. Um, and he's like the guy in like the group where they're all like, all right, he's got to calm down. He's always joking and stuff. The kid's legitimately hilarious. Mm. Like he's like roasting their friends. I mean, like Ben's kind of the fat kid, and he like just got knifed by. <laughs> My, 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 my first line he says to Ben is, glad I got to meet you before you died. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just like bleeding out. He's helper over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like legitimately a funny movie. Like, they have such great chemistry. Oh, yeah. Um, and that whole scene where they're at the quarry and they're all just staring at Bev while she's oh, sunbathing. And she turns over and they go, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. What's, all the, what's all this backstory you got here, Bev? Like, <laughs> Talk like, to us about dairy, Bev. Yeah, tell us how sad it is to live here. How many kids died again? Wow, cool. That's a lot uh, of kids. I mean, when they go to Ben's bedroom and it's like covered in like newspaper clippings and Rich's like, wow. And he's like, it's cool, right? And he's like, no. No. <laughs> And Ben, like, covers for him, like, the Backstreet Boys poster. He's, he's on the block. Oh, yeah. on the block. Yeah. And he's just looking at her like, please don't tell them. <laughs> Which is great, because, like, you really fall in love with these kids, like, the second that you meet them. Oh, yes. yeah. I mean, like, Georgie's on screen for, like, five minutes, and you're like, oh, And tell me you didn't just die. cry when he's dead. He's like, so cute. He's adorable. Um, do you have the name of that kid who uh, plays Georgie? Could you Jackson all... Robert Scott. Yeah. This kid, I don't know how old he was when he was in this movie. I can tell you in a second. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So good. <laughs> it's great that they got him back for chapter two because he only ages like two years. So he yeah. still looks kind of young. Also in The Prodigy, um, which I wish he was in of more. Like, he's kind of like a stoic, like, omen child in that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but you can act, like, really well. Like, give me that. Um, man, so I talked about the music, how great it is. Um, I think the comedy really does help with the pacing. Like, most horror movies that have comedy in them, it it ruins moments. It kind of Joss Whedon's the whole effect of, like, okay, you just stepped on the moment with a joke. It doesn't. Like, even in their very, like, vulnerable, angry moments, like, one of them will, like, roast at another one, and, like, I'll laugh, but, like, I won't be taken out of the moments. Mm -hmm. Oh, and for reference, the kid who played Georgie was eight. Jesus. Was That's so cool. <laughs> He's 12 now. That's stupid. <laughs> like, he could be any of them now. Yes. Um, so we got, like, 
everything about this movie is making it so atmospherically creepy. And I won't go into how angry I am that it didn't even get nominated for like any legitimate awards, which it should have. Um, I think that even if you really, even if this movie scares you, like it scared me. It's supposed mm-hmm. to scare you, but it's also like it's not constantly scary. Like it's also building great characters and you know setting up like there's a lot of like gross moments in it. Like all the stuff with Bev and her dad is upsetting, Ugh. which I mean. Props to those actors for like yes. being okay with this. Yeah. Um, so like it's, I think it's just such a great movie. Like it's well, a lot it like has, The Shining, where like it's a great horror movie, but like it's an awesome movie. Say, but it also has like these coming of age moments because these kids are just thirteen at this point. Yeah. These characters, they have like the sequence when they're all like cleaning the bathroom. Oh together, yeah, and it's got like an eighties pop song going yeah, in the background. Like, Pennywise has just exploded Bev's bathroom covering every inch of it in blood that only she can see and the first thing she does is call these new kids that she met mm-hmm. and then they spend an afternoon just cleaning her bathroom mm-hmm. um despite the fact that it's just full of blood yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so like there's the whole bit when they go to Neibolt Street after they've kind of got, gotten together in the garage they're like alright this thing is a clown and it Looks like it's living. It's like the the sewers are kind of where it's like drawing all these like events together. Um, they're kind of like learning like what it does, where it lives. You know, it's coming after them, and they decide they're like, all right, we gotta do something about this. Mm-hmm. And they go get it. Um, and it's literally they go to a haunted house. Like it's this mm-hmm. creepy looking like crack house that. Every room, it just, like, scares another one of them with mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, right off the bat, they go inside, and Richie finds a, a missing poster with his name on it and the date that it Which, is. Which, like, today. I want to talk about that, because you were talking about how, like, Richie's the one who's, like, cracking the jokes. Yeah. And, like, he's the last one to really see it. Yeah. And, like, so he's trying to, like, make light of the situation. And honestly, I feel like when they go in the house and he sees that, he's more scared than any of them. Because I think oh, in yeah. his mind, like, he was trying to convince himself, like... This isn't real. They're all just messing with me. Well, and like, like now he's like, this is my face. He's wearing the shirt I'm wearing. Yeah. It has today's date. Like, why is this here? Like, I'm gonna go missing now. Well, and that, that's I and think that terrifies him. The way that I, you can probably say more to this, that Richie in the book and at least in the miniseries uses humor to cover up that he's afraid. He does. So even when they're all sitting in the park and they're like, guys, I saw this weird thing, and like even Stan, like because Stan is very. Like, collected, so he's like, no, it's, it can't be real. Like, it's yeah. impossible. I mean, Richie's like, wait, can only Virgin see this thing? Yeah. Like, he's afraid of something, but he's like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, can we just, like, ignore this and, like, keep being, like, can we just all, like, hang out? Yeah, he's like, it's summer. Like, we're yeah. kids. Let's all we just be chill. hanging out. Like, this is what we're Well, and his biggest fear is clowns, so Pennywise's main form scares the living piss out. Which is why I kind of wish that, like, he was the one instead of Eddie that, like, it shows up to in that scene. it showed up to Richie right beforehand in a room full of clowns. Full of clowns, that's right. Where he's in the coffin that he opens and it's like a mannequin of him Mm -hmm. in the coffin. And then he jumps up and he's... He does that weird, like, jittery, like, glitch out of reality (laughs) run. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. That's so well. It's it's very... A lot of people rip on it, but, like, I think it's cool because, like... It's not of this world, mm-hmm. and again, like it has to change form to feed. So, like, it stands to reason that when it goes to like kill something, it kind of glitches out of reality. 
because I mean it's this like otherworldly like incomprehensible thing that is taking a such a very specifically like human form to kill something so it like kind of like even when they heard it in Nebel like when they stab it with that wrought iron gate it starts turning into a monster and it becomes less clown like and then it because then it realized like all right I gotta like I gotta deal with this yeah. like I gotta and then leave out. and then they all like realize like oh this. we can kill like if we can hurt it like as long as we're together we can beat it yeah but then they all break up for like the summer, and then Eddie's like <laughs> arm is broken. Ben got slashed through the Gosh, stomach I'm again. Okay. <laughs> and then Bill when punches Eddie's arm Richie. Eddie's broken. Their friendship is broken. Allow me to introduce myself. They call me the Dancing Clown, and you must be Georgie. Did you hear my circus was in town? It seems I have your bow here. The storm blew her off track. Just reach your hands down here and take it if you. Really